This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, I've got a super special guest. Please applaud. Just, you know, you're in your car or you're on the streetcar. (laughs) You're in your bedroom by yourself, almost going to sleep. We'll wake up and applaud for SK Hughes from Milkweed Zine. Thanks, Erin. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for that weird welcome. (laughs) I can hear all your applause. Yes, yes. I can hear it. I like the visual of claps on the, uh, when I'm looking at the audio. I love it. Like just the, it's just the like, columns just yeah, hitting the I top. Lo- yeah, yeah. It's just it's just the worst thing <laughs> to be doing. On, A sound engineer's on nightmare. <laughs> Thank God I edit this. Anyways, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm great. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm very glad to be here in this uh, weird library, subterranean library, in where a- yeah, it's lots of hardcovers. It's great. Yeah. I like it because it, like, deadens the sound um, for audio. It's kind of perfect. It's also cool. Don't come in here, people yeah, in the hallway. No, don't you dare. Welcome. You're not, we don't, okay, they're not, they're pe- they passed, I think. <laughs> I wonder, I, I, I should actually include when people in- interrupt us. I always edit it out when mm. people walk in the library because it's a public space, um, and sometimes some very funny things happen, but I just want to like to have this professional podcast, so I edit it out. I should leave it in sometimes. Yeah, well, you'd have to get consent, of course. Of course, yes. And I doubt they would <laughs> if they knew the content. I somehow doubt they would. So you're here repping milkweed mm-hmm. zine. Repping, yeah, that's Why a lot we, of what I do. That's a lot of what you do, yeah. yeah. Why don't we start with, uh, for people that are just so unfortunate to have never heard of it, want to uh, enlighten us? What sure. is Milkweed Zine? Sure, I can do that, Erin. Um, so Milkweed Zine is a uh, print magazine based uh, here out of Toronto that, oh, I said the T, I feel like. Uh, Toronto. I know, it's, I'm trying Toronto. to enunciate for the, for the podcast. I'm like, Toronto, based here out of Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, we we're sort of like a yearly zine. It looks like, and um, we're a source for erotica that takes like a feminist and intersectional and queer positive, sex positive approach mm-hmm. to uh, to curating poetry, photography, visual art, short fiction, etc. Mm-hmm. Do you you do it yearly? All sexy. All, all sexy. All you sexy. Better. <laughs> You better sexy. work. Um, but you have a nice online presence as well that you provide a lot of in-between yeah. Uh, releases. Yeah, so we um, we have, you know, an Instagram 
and uh, we we like find artists that we like and who we think are doing um, sort of important work, and we post their we post their work there. We also have like we have like two parties a year, mm-hmm. so we we feel as though each issue deserves two parties. <laughs> nice. So we do like an inspo party and yeah. then a launch. Um, so we already had our inspo party for issue four this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that entail? So the inspo party entails like we kind of once we've formed a theme for the issue. So the theme for issue four is fantasy. Mm. Um, yeah, we we kind of curate like a little bit of an installation and have some some readings, some interactive components. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of things were there this time? So we had um, Resikra Revolva from Diaspora Dialogues come and do like this uh, interactive like, psychic poetry reading. Yes. Um, that was super fun. We also had uh, Fan Wu, who is, like, poet extraordinaire. Um, fe- I feel like future poet laureate of Toronto, like, just has to be. Like, he's just, he's so great. Um, he did a reading and had, like, did an interactive reading in which folks, like, wrote down um, their fantasies with a prompt. Um yeah, so, so stuff like that, and what then also... Some, what were some of the fantasies? Oh, well, I wish I... I can't, I've been actually carrying them around in a bag <laughs> with me just for a while. Like, they just ended up in a certain bag that I had that night, and I just can't seem to take them out, so... You just want them close I wish, to your... I do. On your person. I do want them, time. like, not far from my physical form. Um, so it's too bad that I don't have that. I could have read some. Oh, what a missed opportunity. Damn. Snap. Darn. Snap. Clap, 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 clap Get clap, those clap. levels way up. Get them way up. Um, yeah, so, so we do that for, we did that for the inspo party. Um, so yeah, we have our online presence. We do a couple parties. We, we have some relationships with other, um, organizations and, and, uh, we do other sort of like semi-related poetry stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we were like our whole issue. It's a, it's like a full color, perfect bound magazine. So although we call it a zine and we sort of operate within the community as a zine we also have um it's like digital design and quite um you know high production value oh, aesthetically no big deal so it does Humble take brag. Us, it does take us a year to make yeah it's like releasing yeah. a book every year yeah, yeah a little bit yeah, yeah it is a bit like that like i think our last issue was 94 pages so it's a lot of content so that's um, like okay yeah. and i i am kind of a little intimate with the process of releasing a book because your friend and mine. Yes! Andrea Warehunt. Oh. It's called Modern Horror. It's taken Andrea, like, I think it's like four years, yeah. she said, in I the think, making. I think three years of quite dedicated work. Yes. Of quite focused on the project. Yeah. 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 So it's a huge project to absolutely. create a book. Yeah. Like. So, yeah, absolutely. Andrea is a is a dear friend of Milkweed. We, um, for our inspo party for issue three, mm-hmm. we actually, um, she and I had connected at the Toronto Art Book Fair, which is nice. amazing. Uh, and she came and read an excerpt at our inspo party for issue three, which was themed privacy and visibility. So uh, that was super fun and really well received. And, awesome. And we published that excerpt Great. in issue three. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, that's amazing. It sounds like you're, like, a huge supporter of local artists. and Yeah, we, we definitely try. We we have local and global contributors. So mm-hmm. we've had folks from Indonesia and Australia and France and Poland. Um, but we're definitely, like, 
our real kind of roots are are in Toronto, Toronto for sure. Or in Toronto. Tr- are in in Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> so what? Okay, if you could describe milkweed zine like what it embodies like okay mm-hmm. so those these are all the things that you know you can see in one of your zines like mm-hmm. what's the whole deal with milk mm-hmm. milkweed in a nutshell yeah we just really want to like reflect a myriad of different embodiments and desires and orientations so we're like pretty heavy on the queer um mm-hmm. And we are, like, sex work positive. Um, we try to take an intersectional approach, so considering, like, the ways that, that different bodies are marginalized and represented in media. So looking at, um, at like, race and fatness and disability and how we can uh, lift people up to, to, to show those bodies and those experiences in, in, er- in erotica. And so hopefully people can like look to it and see themselves re- reflected in different ways and feel empowered by that. Mm-hmm. Cause tell me you're saying pre podcast, somebody had read some of your poetry or had heard some of your poetry and said what, how it made them feel about themselves. Oh yes. That was, that was so nice. Um, yeah. So my poetry is mostly quite erotic and I talk about things like my cunt and the blood that comes out of it. And, uh, (laughs) and yeah, someone told me that, that it made her feel like her body wasn't dirty and her, um, and kind of her like erotic self was valid and oh, heart explode. (laughs) That really felt wonderful. So shout out, shout out to Carmela. You're the best. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Tell me how this all got started. Mm, Yeah. So it's been like, (laughs) Mm, 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 yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I, um, I was in when, when this, when this idea came like flooding upon me, mm-hmm. I was in Melbourne, which is the other city that has my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going through like, like a transitional time, um, personally, uh, sort of some, some changes, some like identity changes and relationship changes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my, some of my friends in Melbourne were like sort of running this, um, this magazine, it was a side project from their crime magazine and they had an erotic issue and I was just really gripped by it. And I, and I hadn't read a lot of erotica, but it all sort of like came upon me so quickly, like, like this, the sense of urgency around it. And, and it was urgent to me, like it was urgent for, for my transformation to create Mm. something. And I've been a poet for a long, long time, but, um, I had been in a bit of a rut and then what brought me out of that rut was, was kind of diving into the erotic and, Mm -hmm. uh, and so some work came of, came out of that. And, uh, when I was there in Melbourne and, you know, I was sort of traveling, hanging with friends and I had lots of time for ideas to percolate and it became, like I said, so urgent that Mm -hmm. I created this, this magazine and I am so lucky to live in this amazing city, um, where I have so many connections with poets and artists and writers, um, and photographers. And I felt like it was just such fertile ground and, and certainly people like lots of amazing, uh, projects have come before us, but I did feel like there was like this piece of, of fertile ground waiting for something to spring up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I can't, I feel that exact same way. Mm -hmm. Are you speaking about Melbourne or or about Toronto when you're saying that? 
Uh, I was I was speaking more about Toronto about because Toronto? I was I was in Melbourne and thinking and like you know imagining the city that is where I really live and mm-hmm. thinking about what could be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people like ask me how do I how do I meet all the people that I interview? Like how do I how do I book a show so constantly filled with amazing creative beautiful minds and bodies and it's just like they're just here they're everywhere just (laughs) open your eyes like you throw a stone (laughs) you know and you'll hit someone that like has an amazing story to tell that has an amazing talent to share like oh I'm such a big believer in like I I just want to hear everyone's stories and I want to facilitate everyone's stories that's wonderful (laughs) that's so lovely where kindred. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I mean, I think people, yeah, I, I have a huge passion for that as well, hearing people's stories. It's, I mean, it's really a privilege, I find, for people yes. to want to tell you their stories and to trust you with them. Yes, yeah. especially where sex and sexuality is concerned. That's mm-hmm. a very intimate space. Yep, absolutely, so especially with, like, just the the depth of shame around sexuality and mainstream oh. culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for people to go there and share a story about like identity gender sex sexuality that's like you're having a very real moment with Mm -hmm. that person that is so rare and precious yes it is precious certainly and you can hold that preciousness yeah (laughs) close to you yeah on your person like (laughs) like all those no it's all those like all those cards erotic stories no it's funny i used to do i should bring it back i used to do like a newlywed game like a uh version at at my show but it was like all sex questions right uh that like a couple is answering about each other and they're trying it's just hilarious and like they they write it down right and then they show it and they have to see if they match up so like i would have those cards on me just i'd find those cards everywhere We're like in the butt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or like <laughs> someone's name for their own penis. Like like just like random cards with hilarious things on them just like all the time. You know. Just litter them around just the <laughs> TGC. Yeah, yeah. Inspo, inspo. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiration words. Okay, so so the what came of like this first issue then? Yeah, so um or what was in it? Yeah. What happened with it? Yeah, so I basically, um, as I am wont to do, posted on Facebook saying, or maybe it wasn't a post, it was a message. I messaged, like, 25 people in my community saying, this is something that I want to do, this is my vision, does anyone want to help me be editors? And um, from that came uh, a group of, of five editors for the first issue, wow. and we put out a call for submission, so we kind of brainstormed around our mandate and around, like, how we could communicate, because it, it's easier to do a call for submissions when you already have an issue, because people can look to it and see what you're going for, but it's tricky at first, how do we communicate that we're queer positive but not queer exclusive? How do we... Like, how do we make people feel welcome, but also not place restrictions into people's minds about what is, what we're welcoming, because we really want to welcome... Everyone. E- yeah, everyone. And, Anyone and that's s- interested. Totally. And and different kinds of submissions. You know, we list, we list poetry, short fiction, um, visual art, and photography, but there are things outside that that we would also be interested yeah, to give see. give us ideas. Exactly. Tell us. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's tricky to, to walk the balance between um, putting a call out and giving 
making people feel inspired and also not prescribing what yeah. comes in. So yeah, so we, we did a call for submissions. We promoted online as much as we could. We put, we made little handbills that we put around the city, which we've also done in, in more recent calls. Um, and we got all this content uh, and just, it was a matter of sorting through it, deciding uh, what worked, what didn't, what um, we felt like we could um, ethically dish up to our future audience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, um, that's a great question. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess one of the challenges with curating erotica is that um, sometimes uh, the work is removed from the context of the way it's created, mm. and so one has to, as it as an editor, one has to read it, thinking what are the ways that um, this some, can be misinterpreted. Yeah, mis- <laughs> or interpreted. Yeah, exactly. Like how how might the reader or the viewer look at this and not not know the context that it was created in, and could that be triggering? Could that could this be um, offensive in some way? Yeah, like could this could this ha- be hurtful? Um, and there have been times when uh, you know I I know that the person. Uh, who submitted the work had no ill intentions, but we as a team decided that this actually isn't something that we're, we're willing to, if it comes down to it, go to bat for because it, it actually could be quite triggering. So, mm-hmm. so it's very tricky because, and, and then with that comes up, um, you know, are we silencing voices? Are we, um, are we shaving people for fantasy? And that's certainly not the intention, but there is, when you, when you remove things from their context, you do have to err on the side of caution a little bit around sure. that. So it's tricky. Yeah. You have to be sensitive. Yes. Yeah. I deal with the same thing with my stage show mm. for sure with the stage show. Like, yeah. is there any way, yeah, this could be harmful mm-hmm. to anyone and, you know, you can give trigger, trigger warnings mm-hmm. all you want, but Ideally, you are creating content that, you know, enlightens people and raises people up. And yeah, yeah and it is also entertaining and interesting and all mm-hmm. those things. There's a lot. It's a lot to balance. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Especially, like, as you said before, when, you know, just the, the vulnerability and sensitivity of, of erotica. Sex and sexuality. Yeah, yeah. Erotica, sex and sexuality. And people, I, I, I really recognize that sometimes when people are sending, sending us content, it's a big leap for them. Yes. Like, it's... It's it's being vulnerable just in doing that. Whether or not they know us personally, I think it's it can be harder when folks know the ed- the editorial team personally. But to to put out there like this is something that I created when I was turned on, or something that I created to be turned on. You know, those mm-hmm. are vulnerable spaces to be in. Mm-hmm. So we we try to be very um, very mindful of that and gentle with that. Like we we're quite strict about confidentiality about people mm-hmm. who submit. So it's not like we're gossiping about oh out. Aaron oh you, you should see uh the butt stuff that Aaron <laughs> sent I don't know why that's the second time I brought up butt stuff but hey you nailed it <laughs> you nailed me if I'm gonna send you anything oh, it's about butt it's stuff about butts. I oh, mean butts are great 100 percent what's no. what's it called when you like butts when you're amorous towards butts oh, there's a word for I it I don't know somebody put I, pro- proctophilia would be my guess but <laughs> proctophilia yeah I don't know a terrible word. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. I'm a proctophiliac now. Pro- That's my pro- identity. Proctophile. Now? I'm a proctophile. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I am. That's my Proctophile. Life now. That's what I am now. That's it. Um, okay, what? Let's. Um, 
Let's take a break, and we're going to hear from Come As You Are, which is Ooh, a great... Love, love, love okay, Come As You Are. Before we take a break, I yes. just want to say... Yes. When... So in the context of the story of how Milkweed came to be, I emailed Come As You Are, said, this is the idea, we want to do it, and yep. they immediately supported us and threw us a little bit of cash. And it was, you know... It wasn't a, It wasn't, like, a ton of cash, but it was... It was a vote of confidence. Yes. And that was completely, like, they didn't know me. They just said, yeah, this sounds good. We'll support you. How can we support you? And they've done so much for us. They have given us promo codes to give it at parties. They have given us, they gave us a box of floor model sex toys to use in a photo project for our last launch. We had a photo booth. They're, I just... Can't go on enough about coming. I can't. I can't. And they and they really have been there for us. So (laughs) they're the best. Love you guys. So love you, Jack and Noah and everybody. Um, Amazing folks. Amazing. So check them out. I I mean, do I even need to run the commercial now? Yeah, I. (laughs) That was such a good endorsement. Run that every show from now on. (laughs) Yeah, that's my soundbite now. Okay, so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with S. K. Hughes from Milkweed Zine. This episode has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Enter coupon code BEDPOST when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive a 15% discount. And don't forget that shipping on orders over $50 is free in Canada. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. Hey everyone, it's Dick. And Max. The hosts of Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. A podcast for those in the lifestyle and those who are curious about it. Each week we sit down with a different guest to discuss their radioactive spider bite into kink. And it gives everybody a chance to express themselves in matters of sexuality. And a platform in which to express it. It's conversational, it's educational, and it's a lot of fun. More and more people have been reaching out to us telling us what they've learned about themselves just from us sharing our stories with each other every week. So find Off the Cuffs on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service and follow us on twitter and instagram at ocp kink hi everyone welcome back to the bed post podcast i just remembered while we took the break i'm also including a commercial for off the cuffs podcast on this episode which have you heard this podcast i haven't oh listen to it it's okay. so good they're like just they're two super kinky dudes uh they have a, a new guest on every week and they're just, they really analyze it like crazy, breaking down separate kinks uh, mm. in really well. And they're really interesting, um, like erotic hypnosis was one I just wow. listened to, a whole episode on clown sex oh that I just God. listened to. I'm so into, I, I added it, because I listened to that episode, I added it on my kinks on FetLife, like for, for interested, like interested, curious. Like you just want to check it out. Yes. Cool. Oh, it's so cool. Um, it's the one with, Sun, do you know Sunny Megatron? Mm-mm. She's like a sex educator. Her and her husband uh, actually do a lot of sex education type speaking and stuff cool. like that. Um, but they're both totally clown sexers. 
That's what it's called, right? Clown Sexers? fuckers. Clown fuckery. <laughs> to clown fuckery. So anyways, I just remembered that and I want to say I, I'm obsessed with this podcast. And anyways, cool. um, so we wanted to talk about pornography. Oh. <laughs> just chills up and down my spine. But the ways in which pornography is it is not representative mm. of mm. anyone really <laughs> anyone yeah, real sometimes. anyway like yeah. unless they're being fetishized yeah totally i mean i think there are like there's some people out there just doing the fucking work to 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 really uh represent like real desires and real people and do it in an ethical way which to me, the ethics of that is, like, so... There are so many layers, and it includes, like, you know, how we are doing this under capitalism and how we're, com- we're compensating actors and and crew and things. I don't know. Someone who, who I love is, like, Erica Lust. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. She is very inspiring to me. Mm, really? Um, we, had a, we had a little interview with her in issue two, um... But yeah, she's super rad. And there's like Abby Winters, which is like an all, all sort of like real girl lesbian porn out of nice. Australia, which I love. Nice. Um, and I'm sure there are like many more. Um, but there are people doing it. There are but people. But it's not. It's certainly not the mainstream. And it's not readily available to everyone. I feel like yeah. Pe- most people would have no idea that better porn is out there. Yeah, and I, I think that. That's something that's super tricky about that is, like, a lot of people think that paying for porn is absurd. Yes! Because they can go to Pornhub and... Jerk off as as long as the day is. As long as the day is long. As the day is long. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's actually something that is quite important to me is paying for porn. And uh, I do, like, I will share my logins with people because I think that, like, you know, if I'm paying for it, I can probably, like for the amount that I use it, it's probably okay to share it. And, and that might kind of even start a conversation with people around paying for porn. Um, and I, and I know like, it's so tough, like everyone I know is broke. Um, so it's hard to like ask your friends to pay for more things. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that, uh, if we're thinking about, which I think we are like sex work is real work and like porn, porn is, um, Clearly, there's a demand. Clearly, there's a huge demand. In Everybody the world. wants porn. Yeah. So, um, so why wouldn't you use your dollar to as a vote? Yeah. To support companies. Yeah, who are not exploiting people and who are um, at least making a fucking effort to show um, kind of other than male centric desires. Yeah. Um, other than het het centric desires, like yeah. that feels pretty important to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the porn I want to see. I want to see real orgasms. I want to see real pleasure happening. Yeah. And like, it's like when you're watching and you're like, oh, this is fake. Like it's, I don't know. It's a real buzzkill. It's a stretch. It's It's a stretch for me to think that's sexy. This fake cunnilingus, this dude just like trying to get the, the vulva in the shot, trying to get his profile. They're at like a 90 degree angle. And trying to just reach to like get this, this dumb shot that has nothing to do with like real pleasure. It's like, oh. And then there are, you know, there's things like, there are things like chatterbait where you're like looking and you're like, okay, this is a, these are real people fucking clearly. And Mm -hmm. then there's like high quality, high aesthetic porn. And then sometimes you want something kind of in the middle where it's like, this looks good. And, and honestly, I think, 
there are lots of folks who, like, want some kind of goddamn connection with the characters. Yes. Lots of people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's really nice when you can get that, and it looks good, and it's hot, and... Yeah. Yeah. Can't we have it all? We We gotta pay for it. But but you gotta pay for it. Yeah, and, and, like, lots of, like, lots of people could afford to pay... A couple bucks. A couple bucks for porn that they know that everyone is, is being treated well and yeah and not only treated well and not only real pleasure uh that we're talking about but also just like representative of more people than just yeah the white plastic people (laughs) totally yeah the giant dicks and tits and yeah yeah let's see some real bodies let's see like i'm sure i'm i mean i'm a white person but i'm sure if i was not a white person i would be watching porn being like where am i yeah where the fuck am i like yeah, and I mean, I think the same can be said. Um, I I think the same can be said for like fat bodies and yes, yeah, and disabled bodies. And I think one another amazing thing about Toronto is that we're I think we are like a real epicenter for producing porn, um, right? Yeah, yeah, and and like you know we have the feminist porn awards and we have like comes you are and good for her and like mm-hmm. all these amazing people and organizations and like like the playground conference and all mm-hmm. those folks like the tell me something good like mm-hmm. there's it is bed post so, yeah and milkweed z oh. <laughs> like it is i i am getting like a little warm and fuzzy about i i do really think that we a lot of really good lucky. stuff happens yeah. here. Yeah. yeah 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 and people are doing the work like so i think we just have to keep supporting those people who are doing the work to, so they can continue yeah to do the work yeah, yeah. i personally like i i see most of the problems as in the world as falling, like, in this triangle of, like, the patriarchy, capitalism, and white supremacy that, like, all hold each other up. Um, and so I think that there are ways in in this many... terrible threesome. Yeah, I know. It's the worst... The worst threesome The ever. only bad threesome. No, not the only <laughs> bad one, but, you know. I've had some bad threesomes. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> the worst threesome. Um, so I think that... It's really important to me anyways, and in my, like, creative endeavors, which I consider Milkweed to be one of, to, like, think about, okay, like, what are the ways that we are holding up white supremacy? What are the ways that we are holding up, um, the patriarchy and, uh, and interrogating those? And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Like, uh, recently we had, um, a friend and contributor call us in about, like, not reflecting a lot of fat bodies. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah, we can always right. do more of that. Yeah, yes, we, please. You know, it's not something Let's. that we've never thought about, but it's something that maybe we're not working hard enough on. And so I really like it's tricky with um sometimes with feminism and social justice culture, people are so reluctant to um to like take criticism or to to talk to another about a th- about something in a way that isn't like aggressive and othering and making someone feel shitty and small, but to just be like, "Hey, like I kind of noticed this about your work and, and I hope that you're considering it Mm -hmm. is like, fuck yes. Like that to me is the ultimate, like the ultimate feminist move. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I really appreciated that. And, uh, yeah. And I think just like interrogating the ways that even the subtle ways that we might be holding up white supremacy that were, and, and certainly I'm sure there are lots of ways that I'm doing that, that I haven't yet discovered. And I'm like daily, hoping to discover yeah me as well i'm sure there's there's so much work everyone no matter what can do on this issue right yeah it's a huge thing like with i'm kind of more like in the performing Mm -hmm. world so like 
Yeah, it's it's at burlesque shows, you know, they'll they'll usually have like one person, one BBW, you know, representing mm. or just like one person of color unless it's like a show that's specifically a person mm. of people of color show than it is but it's like why just even like okay that's a start sure or like one queer performer or something unless it's like a queer dedicated show Mm -hmm. it's like okay that's a good start but it's like just fucking book people like book good people just do it yeah like yeah we're all here like as we're saying before it's like resources are everywhere in Toronto like Mm -hmm. it's not hard to book an entire show with like queers people of color uh, like different disabilities like it's not difficult mm-hmm. women hello <laughs> just do it book them yeah we're everywhere like yeah totally and I think that's something that personally like I've come up against or or that I've like struggled with is is how to not fucking tokenize people yeah. and how to like so not be okay we gotta tick the boxes but how do we actually look at what um, different, like, marginalized identities, like, what they want to see. And so it's not just ticking the box of having the one one fat performer or, like, how do you actually, like, connect with with communities and and see what... what it is that they want to see and, and, and lift up performers or artists or poets or whatever, like lift up people who don't get those opportunities usually because they're non-normative. Yes. Yeah. Since we're talking about kind of performing and stuff like this, okay, you did just also briefly (laughs) offhandedly mention you're, you a poet. What? Okay. Do you, are you performing places? Your poetry? Yeah. 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 How, how come you haven't done my show? That's a great <laughs> fucking question. Um, I would love to do it. How do you and feel about performing your poetry? It's an extremely like cathartic, emotional, emotional, um, both emotionally taxing and rewarding experience for me. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, I started performing at a an open mic called the Sophisticated Boom Boom. That's at the Ossington, mm-hmm. um, the second Wednesday of every month. Um, that was sort of where I got my start. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, other others could attest as well to watching me over the last couple of years go from, like, very nervously, like, reading my poems off the page to really um, being kind of overtaken by performance or, you know, on my good nights, I guess I am. <laughs> and And I truly love it. And I think that there's something, like, I like the... I like the edginess of of the content that I talk about. Yeah, because you're saying you talk about some pretty explicit or taboo. Yeah, yeah. Well, or intimate. Yes, I topics. I would say all I would say like different different people would describe would use those adjectives. Like, I think some of the topics are taboo amongst like a mainstream audience. Um, at so I host a poetry night and I think everyone's pretty used to hearing me talk about fucking at this Great. point. Um so it's maybe me not too, taboo. Girl. <laughs> me too. Everyone's like yawn. <laughs> like, yeah, we get it. Um, us you're a slut. We, we, don't we get know. it. You're a slut. And you have a lot of feelings. <laughs> you yeah. have a lot of feelings about being a slut. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so I, I've done a little bit of touring and um my friend Edie Roberts, um, who's a great like gender queer performer from Detroit, I've done some touring with them mm-hmm. and really like touring is fun because you you do things night after night and then you can be like oh I'm gonna 
do the inflection like this this time, or, like, sometimes... you can start to play. Yeah, you play... Exactly. You play with it. And it kind of, like, gives you this license, because you're like, I'm never gonna see these other... These people in fucking Michigan, whatever. Um... And yeah, you can play and then, and then you, you sort of take that with you. So I've Mm -hmm. taken that with me to my performances in Toronto and Montreal and Halifax. Um, yeah. So I love, yeah, I love being You love it? It took me a while to get to saying that, but I really do love it. Yeah. What is your favorite poem you've ever written? What's it about? That I've ever written? Yeah. Or your favorite Um, one you like performing? Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's not about. It's not about fucking like most of them are, but I really I have <laughs> like one, most of them. Yeah, are. I, re- <laughs> I, have, I have one about doing CPR. That was a that was from a real experience that I really like performing, um, partially because it has like a bit of a physical component. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess actually one of my favorites is about um, is about how much I love pizza <laughs> and about yes. getting about uh, someone uh, wanting to fuck me while I ate pizza yes. and about. About loneliness and how pizza fills that sometimes, but like, you know, it's about it. It's a lot about pizza, but it's also about it's a lot about pizza, but also but but it's like it's one of those it's one of those like veiled things where it's like it's about pizza, but it's about it's it's, it's, it's about heartbreak and it's about sex pizza. And, and pizza and uh, yeah. Have you ever used food erotically? Uh, like in my performances or just, just in general. general? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. <laughs> cupcakes. I did cupcakes recently on where I just tits? got cupcakes smashed on. Oh, smashed. What, one on each bum cheek. Okay. <laughs> and, then and then what happened? Smeared. And then what, and then what happened? Smearing next? happened. Um. See, for me, I'm like, if there wasn't Eating some, it happened? Yeah, okay. That's what, I'm like, if someone yeah, like, didn't eat it at yeah, some point, then I'm it? like, then it's just... Yeah, but did you eat it? Yeah, but did... <laughs> when did you eat it, yeah. though? <laughs> That's it's what like, I want to hear about. The smashing and smearing doesn't really do it for me, but No, you eating, don't like the messy, wet and messy fetish? It, no, I think there has to be, like, the mouth cleanup of the wet and messy there for has it to be, be eating. Yeah, for it. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be pizza <laughs> and i have to be eating, eating it, it. <laughs> yeah. in my mouth get it in my mouth pizza play i'll put that on my fet life uh curious uh, on yeah. the fetishes for I, interested I i'll wonder. just put pizza do you like, think i just pizza like yeah. not even play like curious pizza, pizza. C- receiving <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, i'm doing it my friend my friend liz like will she like loves to (laughs) (laughs) sorry i really like the idea of like exploring like like kind of um like like doming like service fetishes like can i get a man to like order a pizza to my house and just never talk to him again like can we both get off on that in whatever way yeah can i get a sissy to bring me pizza yeah, and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> you also don't even need to hang around. You know, can I feed do, it to you? No, not necessary. Yeah, I do. You ever have you ever seen in like in like uh, Buns King Zone, or is that or is that a secret? Are we not supposed to talk about it? <laughs> Buns King Zone? It is a secret group. Are yeah. you in it? No. Okay, you know Buns. I need to. Oh be. God, everyone's. It's trading kink stuff. 
It's not trading. It's just like the zone. Oh, I'm gonna be in trouble. Oh my god. Okay, but sometimes I need to someone's know. like someone's sometimes some I'll add you to it. Okay. <laughs> someone sometimes someone's like, I just want like a sub to come and clean my house. That's fair. <laughs> I had somebody contact me saying that exact same thing, not for me to do it, but did I know anybody that might be interested in doing it? I'm like, I know a dozen people. That want to clean or have their place cleaned? Clean, no, clean the house. Like, oh I know a lot God. of sur- subby, servicey, yeah. subby people, yeah. I'm like, oh I could name a list. You should be, like, a matchmaker for people, <laughs> for people with messy houses and subby. No, that's... Exploitative. Just that's, kidding. Yeah, just, just kidding. No, that's not a thing. No, it's not a kidding. thing I'm going to get involved in, people. It's no. exploitative and bad. I love how quiet it is in this room. Oh, I get off on it. Can that be my kink? This quiet <laughs> library and how on the audio, the visual on the audio, there's nothing when we're not talking. Just the sound of me jerking off. <laughs> just like... Oh, God. Okay. Um, Another thing that's kind of interesting, I think, with you doing milkweed, uh, me doing bedpost, you have to have, like, an online persona. Mm. I'm a very public... I I use my own name, and I'm, like, out. I'm in it to win it. You're an out slut. I'm a slutty outie. (laughs) (laughs) I got a slutty outie. Belly button. Is that... I actually have an Audi. <gasps> Show me. Yeah. Oh my god, can I touch it? No, I won't touch it. That's weird. It's not so Audi. It's, oh, it's so cute. It's, an Audi. it's like a little spiral. It is a swirl. It's a little swirl. It's like the bottom of a pottery. Yeah. Of when you've done pottery, the bowl, and yeah. you leave the kiss. That's what it's called. I know. And the inside, because you have the two thumbs, and you, there's like usually a and little then swirl. Kiss. And you, it just creates, like, you can leave this little organic spiral. Or you can, like, smooth it over. You can erase it. But, like, naturally, this just little... It's called a kiss. And it looks exactly like your little Audi. <laughs> I love it. What's was I saying? I got totally distracted by I your think, Audi. I think we were talking... We're going to talk about visibility. <laughs> yes. So what? what is your story with... Uh, mm. And... and mm. Yeah, I mean, my story, I think... I've definitely, like, struggled with um, being sort of, like, out in my personal life mm. as a as a queer and a slut and, uh, and kind of boundaries around personal, uh, around, like, private and public changing and, um, and, you know, career stuff. I don't yeah. do this. I don't do this full time. I wish Unfortunately. I... Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it's, it's really tricky um, with, like... The, just the shame around sexuality and uh, also generational things. Yes. Older people. Yes, yes, yes. Like, like I think it's it's really hard for a lot of, um, like, baby boomers to get behind kind of being, like, sex positive, slut positive, or even if they are kind of privately, like, in whispers, it's really hard for them to, to especially see on social media, I think, mm-hmm. us, us doing this. Me showing my boobs. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. your experience been? My experience is um, I've kind of created this little space for myself mm. where I feel like I can openly yeah. be, be openly slutty. I think that's might be where Bedpost started mm. to create this thing where I am allow, allowing myself 
to do that. So I've created this little identity, essentially. Even though it is me, I use my own name. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I actually bring in a lot of parts of, like, my personal life yeah. as well. Um, like, it's not so internet persona, in quotes. Yeah. Like, like, a totally different persona. But I think I've created that for myself. And that's why I can do it. And that's why I feel like I can do it. But I don't know. I, I think... It's difficult because I don't have a job that I could get fired from. I work mm-hmm. at a sex shop. <laughs> I straight up work at a sex shop, you know, and then I'm a bartender. Mm-hmm. And then I do my bedpost stuff. So I I, um, I think I purposefully have gone the path of, yeah. um, not that I ever really was going to go the super conservative path, like maybe in another life. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, I think I recognize my privilege in being able to express myself that way so openly, publicly, online, etc. Um, mm. Because everybody doesn't get to, and it's not that easy for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I mean, I think I think we're all inspired by our dear friend Andrea Warhan. Oh, girl. Yeah, for endlessly uh, for being so vocal about her experiences as, as a sex worker. Um, but yeah, I think. Yeah, it's it's just it's hard. It's hard, and, and I'm not saying it's. I kind of did just imply, or did I openly say? I'll rewind it and, li- and listen back. <laughs> did I say it was easy? Cause no, it's not. no, no, you didn't. Because no, it's didn't. It, it's not. It's yeah. not for me for sure. Like mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a mom. Yeah, <laughs> and, and moms. I've got you know. I mean, I was when I brought up Andrea, I was thinking about her talking about her her mom's. story with her yeah, mom, yeah, and her mom just being really shattered by by that revelation and and certainly that's not been like I haven't had that same experience but it's it can be challenging navigating these like like people who are really living in a different world um than we are yeah and and trying to share these things with them that that are important to us and and part of our identities I think yeah yeah and I mean that's hard Listen to that episode. Everybody yeah, listen to really that good. episode. No, it's funny. Now now the most listened to episode is episode 13. Oh, because you referenced it. Because I referenced so it. So everyone went back to listen to Andrea pretending that she's not a sex worker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah. Like, from and my research. My research But she dictates. is a nerd, so it's, like, plausible. Yes. She's a total, like, academic nerd. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I met her in that context. I met her in the context of, like being cognitive science nerds at U of T. Awesome. She's so smart. Oh. Love love you. I love you. Um, Okay, so you, for Milkweed, Mm -hmm. you want to tell us about a Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Almost. Almost. A a fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have been existing without funding, except for um, sort of little... little, bundles from places like um come as you are Mm -hmm. sex with dr jess um we got some some cash from oasis in the past Mm -hmm. um so basically like all my people (laughs) it's like amazing that we just met i know really it is it is um so printing is really expensive and it's really hard to um to put that all of that money up front and hope we make it back um, so we launched an Indiegogo campaign. I'm really surprised you haven't done this previously because it is yeah. expensive. Just knowing expensive. through yeah. talking about Andrew again, knowing about her process. Yeah. I'm like, how are you guys doing this once a year? Yeah. 
I mean, yes, that's a very good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, we printed 300 copies of, of issue three, and we did reprints 50 each of issues one and two, and have not made that money back yet. Yes. So that's a big challenge. Um, so Indiegogo, where can we so, find that? So one could go to milkweedzine.com. So mm-hmm. milkweed, Z-I-N-E.com. <laughs> Z for you. <laughs> You folks south of the Zed. border. Um, so, yeah, so milkweeds.com, Instagram, we have Instagram, we have Facebook. Um, we'll be having a big old party um, in March to launch our fourth issue. Last year was pretty fucking fun. So awesome. I would highly recommend it. And, yeah, our we have, like, lots of sweet perks on the Indiegogo, like... Nice tote bags and t-shirts and stickers and if you like really make it rain we'll like take (laughs) sexy polaroids and write you like a personalized poem and and cheesy shit like that so we're we're really we're we're hoping that uh we can reach our goal and print the thing amazing and keep the feminist erotica flowing yes please can you help us do these things? Yeah, first. Thank you so much for Thank coming you, and Brad. speaking with me today. This was so fun. Thank you. I agree. It's been fun, right? You had a beer. Right. I had a tea. Yeah. We're in our library. We're in the library. We're in the bribery. Which one of us had a beer? <laughs> We're in the bribery. Um, everyone, once again, this has been SK Hughes from Milkweed Zine. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yes, more clapping. Get those spikes. Get that spikes. Yep. And I'm Erin Pym, and this has been The Bedpost Podcast. Check back weekly, everybody, because we release a new episode every single Friday. Oh. Oh, my God. If you want to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I swear to God, I'll kiss you. Um, If (laughs) only if you want it. I will consensually. Ask if you want to be kissed. If you're in Toronto and want to see Bedpost live in the new year, we are starting two shows a month. One at the Super Wonder Gallery the last Tuesday of every month at 9, and one in the East End at the Social Capital Theatre the third Friday of every month at 8. Crazy? I know! For more information on everything Bedpost, go to bedpost.ca, or you can email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. And then lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. Come on.